Raising children is full of promise, hope, and work. But what about when one of our children is a strong-willed child? Then what do we do? Let's see what the Bible has to say about that. Everybody, welcome to our podcast today. I'm excited to have Heather, my wife, joining us today and uh, talking about a subject that has been relevant to us and is relevant in our world today, how to parent a strong-willed child with faith. And we're going to talk about today what the Bible has to say about this subject and how do we do this. Uh, I know if you're in the midst of parenting, grandparenting, uh, there's uh, there's issues that come along where we have to deal with the will of our children. And uh, we experienced that. Heather and I had five kids that God blessed us with, and they all had very different personalities. And uh, along the way, there were there were always, there was joy. Mm-hmm. There were some challenges along the way. And often those challenges had to deal with the will of those children. And so. The battle of the wills, the clash even of the parents to the child. That's that true. Is, uh, inevitable. <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's part of, it's part of parenting. And so knowing how to respond in those moments and then how to walk through those is important, especially as we think about how to do this from a Christian perspective, from the Bible, what does it have right. to say? So that's really what we're dealing with today. I know a lot of stuff has been written about strong-willed children. Uh, we're not attempting to um, write an essay on that today, but looking at what does the Bible say about it, uh, if there's any essay, it's that one, that what does the Bible say about it? How do we do this? So again, we had five children, um, some of them had... Uh, periods stronger of, wills. <laughs> yeah, some had stronger wills than others. Some had periods of time when their will was stronger than others. That's correct. So um, uh, one of them that we talk about in our family is Taylor, mm-hmm. our third born. So go ahead. Is she our third? She's our fourth. Fourth, sorry. Yes. <laughs> sorry, Hunter, who's our third born? Sorry. Yes. Yes. So yeah, we had um, uh, three before her mm-hmm. and um, rocking along pretty well. Mm-hmm. And this teeny tiny little girl started growing and uh, her personality started growing with with her and realized that she um, really had a very strong opinion about everything. Mm-hmm. And this was discovered at a very young age, like 18 months, two years, two and a half. And it just became where it was like, everything was a challenge. Mm. Just the simplest tasks that she was asked to do, it was always met with um, uh, more of a a defiance, like, how dare you? How Mm -hmm. dare you ask me to do that? And um, it I love peace in the home. Mm-hmm. And so it was very challenging to me because I just think it would be so much more simple if you would just <clears throat> do what I ask you to without <clears throat> the whole battle. Mm-hmm. And um, I know there were times that he would come home and I would just feel like I had been in a war all day long. And I mean, I just was completely spent and I would, a lot of times I would have to say, you're on now. I've got to take some time away. Mm -hmm. And, uh, it was a very difficult season for Mm -hmm. sure. Yeah. Yeah. And didn't really have that until Taylor. Yeah. I mean, obviously there were other issues, other issues, 
But um, it was different. It was yes. different with Taylor. Yes. So, um, obviously, God bless, God worked, and yes. great success story on the other side yes. of that. And uh, I, I got to where I was feeling that I was telling her no all the time. Mm. And I just thought, is that all she's going to remember me by mm. is just always saying no and getting on to her. And so there was a lot of those kind of feelings, too. I'm not, I know moms couldn't definitely relate to that. Yeah. So uh, third born was Hunter. I'm not going backwards here necessarily, but it wasn't until later when Hunter was older child, older elementary, mm-hmm. that his personality started to really come alive um, in his early, well, I'll probably just let you talk on this and talk about Hunter uh, early days versus, versus nine, 10, 11 year oh, old. Oh yeah. He was, I would say a very compliant child, very easygoing, um, just kind of go with the flow. And if you know Hunter now that you might realize yeah. he doesn't always just go to go with the flow anymore. Yeah, he's, he's making some flow. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. That's right. So, yeah. So he hits nine, ten, and all of a sudden, wow, who is this? Yes. And so the battle again begins mm-hmm. um, at home, and it's it's with it's with parenting, it's with issues, it's siblings based, it's all around the house, and so yeah, we have some experience yeah. in dealing with this. Yeah. So five kids. Um, over the years, Heather has uh, worked a lot in preschool ministry, Mother's Day Out programs, uh, children's ministry, still is today working with preschoolers. So she and has, I do love it. Yeah, I really, really do. And is great at it. Uh, those children love her. But she has experience in working with a variety of personalities. Uh, Heather and I both worked in student ministry mm-hmm. for many years. So we got a chance to see a lot of different personalities. Yeah. Uh, and that really is a fun age. It's very fun. I know for some reason the teen years always get talked down yeah. about, but it it's great. It yeah. Very, very good. But through all of that, we met a lot of different folks, and some had a stronger-willed personality than others. Sure. So um, one of the standards kind of in the Christian community when it comes to strong-willed uh, child resources is a book written by James Dobson. Mm-hmm. And, uh, man, I couldn't believe it when I read this. It was written back in 1978. That just seems like (laughs) forever ago. Yes. But uh, it it has been the standard, really, I think, in in Christian circles for how to understand and relate to your strong-willed child. But since that time, obviously many, many years have passed, a lot has come out uh, in information about how to relate to, how to understand, and what are the characteristics of a strong-willed child. And so with so much information, I thought it would be important for us to talk about this, again, from a biblical perspective, because there's a lot of information out there today, but just because there's information doesn't mean it's all biblically based, that it's consistent with what God would have us to know and to do. So our goal here today is just that. What does the Bible say about it? How do we approach this subject of parenting a stronger-willed child? So it'd probably be helpful today to start with a definition. If uh, what is it that, who is a strong, stronger-willed child? What does that look like? And so we start today with a definition that I, I think you would find, depending upon whatever resource you picked up, if you mm-hmm. combined all these resources, you're going to get this general definition mm-hmm. for what a strong-willed child is. Mm-hmm. So Heather's yeah. going to talk about those. Uh, some of the characteristics are intense, 
angry outbursts, stubborn, yeah, bossy, yeah, uh, argue. Yeah, you can hear the tone in Heather's voice change through these <laughs> as we go through them because of her Refuse experience. Refuse to comply, and impatient. They make their own rules. Mm. Yes. Um, selective hearing. They can turn their ears off when they feel like it. Mm-hmm. Um, ignore the rules or uh, constantly testing the boundaries. Yeah. So, I mean, that's what you kind of described, Taylor. Yes. Hunter as well. We experience those with them. So, uh, you know, right away, a, a biblical worldview has to come into play here because. If we're going to talk about children and their will and a strong will, we have to start at a, at a, an important point. And that, that truth is this. We are all born into this world with a will and a nature that is sin-based. It is selfish. Yes. It's not, you're not born with a will that yeah. wants to submit and to serve and do right and be kind and sacrifice and be humble. That's not natural to us. Right. We are born with a nature that is selfish, sinful. Uh, Psalm 51, David writes and says, I was brought forth in iniquity and in sin my mother conceived me. And then Romans 3.23, all have sinned and have fallen short of the glory of God. So, we have to recognize we are all born with a nature that has a will to it and a strong will right. to it. Um, so much so that the only way it can be changed is through the death of Jesus Christ for us mm-hmm. and in us repenting and then living with our flesh crucified. Correct. <laughs> Having his spirit invade us. Exactly. Right. So... Uh, right away, we have to understand this subject in a context of every child is born with a strong will. Right. A strong will of defiance, disobedience, selfishness. They do their own thing. Exactly. <laughs> so, you know, to say uh, you have a strong-willed child if they are intense or they have intense angry outbursts, if they're stubborn, mm-hmm. if they're bossy, if they argue, all of that, that's every child to start with. Yeah. We just have to... Let's just level the playing field. According to the Bible, we're all born right. strong-willed. Yep. I'm not dismissing the fact that yeah. some children some are more. Some demonstrate that greater than others. Yeah, as we've said by our own experience. Correct. But across the board, every child is born with a strong will. Let's just be clear about right. that. Which also means that they must come to faith in Jesus Christ to have that strong will replaced by a stronger will to serve God and sacrifice for others. That is why we pray for their salvation. That's true. At an early age. That's right. So that their will is conformed and transformed by the Spirit of God to seek the Lord. Right. This this is our goal in in Christian parenting. This is what sets this perspective of strong-willed children apart Mm -hmm. from any other view out there. We're starting with... Every child is born with a strong will, some stronger than others, demonstration at least. Mm -hmm. Uh, And every child must be born again. Jesus would even say, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I say to you, you must be born again. Your child must be born again. 
Yes. That's what Jesus says. And, and so we knew that going in. When we have children as sweet and cuddly and beautiful mm-hmm. as they are as tiny babies, they will begin to exert their selfish will. A, a baby doesn't check to see if mom and dad are resting before they start asking to be fed <laughs> or their diaper to be changed. Right. They just they do their thing. So all children are strong-willed. Some demonstrate that will in different ways than others, but we must take the steps that the Bible describes to help relate to them. And this is where we're headed today. So let's move on to this subject of then, how do we do this? How do we do this thing of parenting strong-willed children, all of them are, but -hmm. especially when they are manifesting that in where there will be, is stronger than others in the family, maybe, or stronger than what right. we had expected. So, right. uh, let's let's talk about these in in, and we'll number these today, just for sake of of conversation, mm-hmm. keeping up. Let's, the first one we'll start with is this: uh, for parents, is ask God to give you a vision for how He has made your children. This is a good place to start. It is um, to pray, God. What is the purpose you have for my child? Because every child has a God-ordained purpose. Psalm 139, again, uh, David writes and says, Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed. And in your book they were all written, the days fashioned for me when as yet there were none of them. So God has a purpose before we're even born, and he knows it. He's already planned it. And so part of our role in parenting, if we're going to be wise, faith-driven parents, is to find out what is that, right. to pray, God, what do you have for this child uniquely? Because that drives everything. Yes. So, you know, this is even what happened as um, as Joseph is preparing he doesn't even know it yet. He's being prepared to be the father of Jesus. Mm. The angel shows up and he and he tells him. He says, uh, "Don't be afraid to marry Mary." Mm-hmm. And um, she, what she what is being conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She's going to bring forth. And here's where the angel gives him the vision. She'll bring forth a son. You shall call his name Jesus, mm. for he will save his people from their sins. The angel gave him clear direction right. for what this child would be, and this would drive everything about how he would parent. And this is what we need to get as parents. We need to get some sense of, all right, here's our purpose here. Let's let's make sure we understand what the end goal is here. What's the end game in this? Because if not, we're going to misunderstand what's happening on the playing field. And I think it's good to write those things out. That's true. Almost like a vision statement. Yeah. Because boy, when you're in the thick of it, it's so easy to forget and yep. to lose that vision because you just get, um, everything is, feels chaotic and uh, out of control. Yep. And I think by being able to go back to, now what is my purpose? What what are the goals here? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's kind of the the tyranny of the urgent takes over the crisis and right. the storm. All of that takes over in the moment, yeah. and you 
it's easy to lose focus. And, it is. And, and so knowing that ahead of time, okay, God, remind me again why why you've given me this child. Yes. And then we end up, we parent toward that end. I think this is really where Proverbs twenty two eighteen comes in. You know, train up a child in the way he should go. Mm-hmm. Um, this is understanding God has a purpose and we're going to parent toward that end. Yeah. Um, and then when you do that, when you have that kind of focus, then it, it helps bring some peace really into your home. If not, you're just you're just parenting off the fly. You're just yeah. you're just trying to make a decision in the moment and without a vision, revelation, I mean, uh, Proverbs would say where there's no vision or revelation from God, where there's no direction, the people are unrestrained. Where there's mm-hmm. no vision, the people are unrestrained. Man, it can happen in a home. If there's no vision, no purpose, no direction from God, then everyone is going to be guess what? Unrestrained. They'll be strong-willed and everybody doing their own thing because there's not a clear focus. Man, I almost feel like, okay, we can close the book and go home. That's a great <laughs> stuff right there. Right, but this right. is just number one. Uh, this is a Christian parent perspective. This is a faith-driven perspective on how you parent mm-hmm. all your children, but especially strong-willed because there's going to be those moments of clash. Right. And if, you don't, if you're not clear on what it is you're doing and why you're doing it, the people will all be unrestrained. Your children will be unrestrained. Yeah. Number two, um, if you're going to parent by faith a stronger-willed child, mm. you have to have a home environment of faith. Mm, that's true. Um, not one where there is tension. Because, boy, if, if you have an environment of tension, it creates more tension mm-hmm. in the children. It does. Um. Being in, in ministry, relating to students and children, uh, we've been able to see behavior in a child or a student and then later find out, oh, okay, this is what's going on at home. Yeah. And you could connect. You could Then you could start just kind of reading it. Making it. sense. You could Everything put the dots together. Sense. Okay, yeah. this is why they behave like this because we found out in the home this is happening. And when there's tension and chaos in a home – you actually create more unrestraint. Un, yeah, and unrest. Um, unrest, and you 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 create the stronger will child in that moment because sure. they're they're acting out right, right. in that moment. So mm-hmm. uh, making sure there's peace in your home, so that because if there's no spiritual peace in a home, there's going to be tension. Mm-hmm. If there's no sense of uh, grace in the home or peace in the hearts of the parents, if they are at um, a disconnect with God, if they are at unrest, if they're not at peace with God, it affects the spirit of a home. Uh, if there's anger in the parents, there's going to be anger in the child. If there's fighting among the parents, there's going to be fighting in the heart of a child because a child is is designed to be raised in a home of peace. We all we flourish in peace and we we get discontent when we're in an environment of chaos and we get uh, into chaos ourselves. And I think that it's good to guard um, what comes into the home mm. as far as even uh, in the music you listen to, yep. the, um, the things you read about. Yep. Um, entertainment. Enter, any entertainment. Mm-hmm. Uh, just be wise with, uh, because... Kids are going to mirror that yeah. as as well. Yeah, if you're watching um, movies and involved in 
gaming that involves a lot of anger and fighting. Well, Cursing. Yeah, you're you're just you're bringing that spirit into your home. You're inviting that spirit, and it it gets modeled before them. Right. And then they that's what they perceive as this is life, and so they they do what they see. Right. And um, you know, I think this is where where Jesus speaks into the moment and says, every kingdom divided against itself is brought to mm. desolation yeah. and every city or house divided against itself will not stand. Mm. If there's conflict in the home, if, if mom and dad are at great odds with one another, there's no peace in the home that only creates more unrest yeah. and um, uh, unrestrained behavior uh, in the home. Colossians says, let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like to even put the word home there. Let the, let the peace of God rule in your home to, to which you are also called in one body and be thankful. To, to the degree that there's peace in your home, you can reduce the tension of the the stronger wills. Right. It's true. So we, we want to parent, of course, like God parents us. We want to cultivate in them a desire to seek him, know him, and you do that in a home of peace. Yeah, right. that's good. All right, uh, number three then, uh, and this one, man, these are all so relevant and real to us, but this one is, yeah, this one especially. Uh, don't use negative labels to define your child. We live in a culture today in a world that has a philosophy, the world does at least, that children should be given identity labels based on behavior. So if a child is acting out a certain way, um, certain teachers, doctors, counselors will then apply a label to them. And sadly, those are often negative labels. And they are given to them as though this is now your identity. This is who you are. Um, this is who you'll always be, and there's no way of escaping this. This is this is now you. And sadly, even when it comes to the term strong-willed, that fits into this category. It's almost like it's a negative thing, like right. you just got a terrible notice in the mail. You're like, oh, your child is strong-willed. And you're like, oh, no. You know, like, like that's a terrible thing. And, and, and you find other labels like that that are even – called disorders today as though this is a this is a, an identity that your child has things like uh, well your child has oppositional defiant disorder uh, they they want to fight against whatever they're told okay well. <laughs> i get it that you're a human yes <laughs> uh, uh, you have a conduct disorder you 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 want to disobey the rules i get it that that's every person yeah. That's unredeemed. That's what right. they are. And right. uh, that has to be crucified by the flesh or out of our flesh mm-hmm. for that to disappear. You you have an obsessive compulsive disorder. Those are, ah, man, I just, I, I get concerned when I hear those terms being discussed because they, what they do is they give a permanent identity to a child. And an excuse. That's true. And an excuse. You're right. And what you what you call a child is what they will become, right? And it is what they will pick up as their their name and their worth and their identity. So, uh, just I, I, I feel sad for a child who's given that label, 
I feel sad for parents because you you're actually making it harder for yourself and for that child. Yeah, I would be. Um, I think moms and dads also. Uh, well-meaning people will say, boy, you've got your hands full with that one, or uh, you should do this. But if you, if they hear, if the child hears that, it makes them feel like there's something wrong with them. Mm-hmm. I would be ready to come back with a positive in front of that child yeah. by yeah. saying, you know what, this child, he's got He's got such a kind heart. Mm-hmm. He is, he's so creative mm-hmm. or boy, she is such a strong leader. Yeah. So make it positive so yeah. that the child can hear, Hey, I, I have got some great qualities. Yeah. I, I have purpose. Yes. Again, you're speaking the vision into their life. You're not, you don't want to speak death into their life. Right. You don't want to speak defeat into their right, life, but those, right. those negative identity labels do that. Yeah. They don't, no one gets the tag of disorder and then comes out of it and says, oh, I'm so much better because of that. Mm-hmm. No, you you end up, you go down the path of the identity that you wear. And um, this is just the way I am. Yeah, right. And no, no hope for escaping yeah. that. Yeah, I think it's interesting that, that Jesus even said to the disciples, he said, uh, no longer do I call you servants. Uh, for a servant doesn't know what the master is doing, but I call you friends. For all things I've heard from my Father have made known to you. So Jesus was making there's this, this distinction. He says, because um, um, you follow me, I I call you by a different name. Yes. And that ought to be true for us our, with our children. We should call them by the name that gives them hope, yes. the name that inspires life, the name that fits with what God says about them, which kind of takes us to our next point here is if you're going to label, yeah. we should, label them with the, with the things that God says about them. Yes, by saying, I am raising a gift from God. Yeah. That is, and that's the truth. It is. It is so true. Uh, I'm raising a young man. Uh, I'm raising up a young man and a young woman. Yeah. So I know as you see them as these young, impressionable young toddlers mm-hmm. that are so, that can be so angry and upset you're not they're not going to stay that way yeah. but you're going to train them to be a responsible young man yep young woman yeah you're raising adults you're not raising that's children right. that's right and yeah. it's easy to forget that at it's times. true it's true yeah to say i'm raising up someone who'll be used by god i'm raising up someone who will change their world yep. because of their faith i'm raising up someone who'll be mighty in spirit Okay, now we've just changed the game. Now, now we've changed how we look at everything. Uh, and it almost doesn't matter what their personality or interest or, or will, strong will or stronger will is. True. I'm raising up a gift, one who's called, one who'll be used by God, and now I look at it all from that perspective. And I think that goes back to having a vision. Yep, yep, it does. You look at characters in Scripture that we, when we kind of know their birth story and their faith story, uh, even characters like Samson, uh, he didn't end up so well in his life, and there's some reasons for that. Yeah. But at the start, his mom was given very clear direction. Yeah. She had a vision also. Just as Joseph got one for Jesus, uh, Samson's mother got one that was given to her by an angel. In Judges 13, um, it says that the angel of the Lord appeared to her and said, 
you are barren and you have borne no children, but you shall conceive and bear a son, hmm. which is interesting in and of itself. Uh, now, therefore, please be careful not to drink wine or similar drink and not to eat anything unclean. For behold, you shall conceive and bear a son, and no razor shall come upon his head, for the child shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb, and he shall begin to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. She got a vision from God about who he would be. And I I just have to believe that she parented yeah. toward that end yeah. because we know she didn't cut his hair. Right. At least until he started making his own choices yes. later. Uh, he, she didn't have any strong drink or wine until he later started making his own choices. Uh, she didn't touch anything dead until he started making his own choices. That's another story yes. for the time. <laughs> but she parented based on the way God had given her a vision. And that's so true for us. Right. Uh, to incorporate right. um, God labels and not defeat labels mm-hmm. upon our children. And right. so, because again, it would have been easy at some points in our raising our children to have applied some labels to our kids. Oh, they are X, Y, Z, you know, whatever. But we saw those as temporary behavior moments, mm-hmm. not permanent identity moments. Right. That's important. We knew what their identity was. They were a gift given by God, called for a purpose, destined to know him by faith. We raised them toward that end. And anything else along the way was just a temporary behavioral issue, not a permanent identity issue. Whew. That's good. All right. Um, then number five, along with that same idea, and Heather's kind of touched on this a little bit, is let your child hear these things. Mm-hmm. This is not something you just do in your prayer closet and then right. keep to yourself. Yeah. Let them hear that. They they need to hear that. Let them overhear you saying. Not, no, I mean, good. it's one, it's powerful to say it to them, but let them be in the room and you talk positively about them to to their dad and yep. or to their siblings, siblings, family, grandparents. Yes. Yeah, that, that's powerful encouragement to a yeah. child when they hear you talking about them to someone else. And it's positive, and it's good, and it's uh, it's godly. Man, that they they'll drift toward that. Right, right. It, it's interesting to me that all the books of the New Testament that written by Paul, he had something he needed to say to the churches that he, when he wrote to them. But he always started with some very powerful encouragement. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it was two verses. Sometimes it was almost an entire chapter. Mm-hmm. But whether it's you know Ephesians, Paul saying, "Hey, he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, so that we could be holy and mm-hmm. and without blame before him." Uh, he does. He starts there, you know, and he writes a whole lot more in Ephesians one, uh, Colossians same way. He says, "Hey, we we once were alienated and enemies in our own mind because of our own wicked works, but he's now reconciled us in in his body through his flesh mm-hmm. to present us holy and blameless." It's all powerful encouragement, right. and and he God is telling us in front of a lot of other That's people. That's right. That's true. <laughs> so it's important that we do this. I, that helps create an environment of peace. Yes. That helps settle the and will. Encouragement. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Jesus says, uh, "These things I've spoken to you, that in me you might have peace." Well, that ought to be our goal as That's parents. Right. If you you sense your child's got a a strong will issue going on, battle, whatever it is, it's a time to start speaking some truth and some hope so that it can be peace. All right. Um, let's talk about the next point here. Is This number six is 
understand God's design for them. So every child is born with a unique set of physical features, uh, height and hair color and eye color. Um, and he's also given them unique personality, giftings, relational styles, mm-hmm. love language, and then a place in the family, whether they were the only child or they're the first of three or the second of seven or right, fourth right. of five. Whatever it is, they have a unique design. And every one of those features is going to affect the kind of will that they demonstrate. It's true, it's true. So um, we've done a lot over the years in reading about personality types. And I know there's a lot of different versions of that out today. There's Enneagrams and there's the Myers-Briggs. And then the DISC is the one that we have really kind of gone, uh, camped out on the most. And just understanding that, understanding those four basic personality types, you understand each one of them has their own version of a strong will. So if you take the I personality, who's your more outgoing, talkative, emotive, expressive, um, you know, they have a version of strong will. Theirs is I'm going to talk my way out of a situation. I'm going to convince you mm-hmm. with all my talking why I shouldn't do that or why <laughs> it would be wrong for me to do this, whatever it is. They have their own version of that. The, the S personality, which is typically the more steady and more reserved, easygoing uh, that's cool. That's great. But they have their own version of strong will. It's called stubbornness, mm-hmm. you know, where they plant their feet and they're not going to do it. They'll be quiet about it, but they just won't do it. They'll just stare at you right in the face <laughs> or pass you by and, and not do the thing that they're asked to do. They've got a strong will. I can relate to that. Uh, yep. That's true. <laughs> or the C personality that is the more careful, the more analytical, the more orderly, the more precise. Well, guess what? They have a strong will too. They like to have things done their way. I can relate to this. This yes. is more me. I have a certain way, and it should be done my way. It's my version of strong will. But then there's the D personality, who is your more dominant, decisive, outgoing, you know, declaring, directing mm-hmm. person. Well, they have a strong will, too. If you lay the four side by side, you probably would think they're the more stronger will. Right. And they tend to demonstrate that outwardly more and, and more defiant that way. If you understand that, then you can realize, okay, this is just part. This is just part of their behavior package. Right. <laughs> this is not their identity necessarily. That's true. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, each child has different places they're born in the family, and that affects you as well. Whether you're firstborn, secondborn, thirdborn, fifthborn, all of that comes into play, and whether or not you were the first boy of five girls or whether you were the first girl and there were three boys that followed, whatever it is, <laughs> every one of those has a different relational component that affects their will. And what we've seen is that um, when there is even one of the children that has a stronger will than the baseline strong will, right? that it's an indication that they have been gifted with abilities for for large tasks, yeah. large responsibilities, large decision making. Right. And I've seen that true over the years in children, teenagers, and adults. Those with certain personalities, strong will personalities, are usually made to accomplish large tasks. So you recognize that and you call that a gift. Instead of a disorder, right? You call that something that needs to be shaped, not something that needs to be medicated. You call that as something that needs to be 
uh, encouraged, not something that needs to be uh, corrected out of them necessarily. So uh, that's all important. Now, it's also important to recognize there's going to be certain personality clashes within parents and children. It's true. Uh, we've seen that in our home, and it's funny at times. It's not so funny at other times. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you just you just know that's part of the equation. If you understand that, then you can know, all right, there's going to be a, a clash of wills here. Right. That doesn't mean the child is broken. Not at all. It just means that they are going to clash with this parent's personality, yeah. maybe more than this child will clash with the other parent personality. You recognize that. The, the thing, were you going to say something uh-huh. there? Uh, the, the thing we also noticed, I just would want every mom and dad especially to know, is if you're raising a young man, there's going to come a point of about 9 to 11 years old, somewhere in there, where as a young man, he's going to begin to relate differently to his mom mm-hmm. than he did when he was three Correct. <laughs> and five. Yes. And you might think, what in the world happened here? In one moment, he was sweet. And in the next moment, he seems to be pushing every button I got. Um, what's happening in that moment is this young boy is entering into manhood. And he is experiencing a lot of different emotions and a will within himself that may not have been evident at five. Right. And in that moment, it'll be important for him to make sure he is spending lots of time with dad yes, and influential men in his life. And that mom start to shift a little bit of the way she's relating. That's true. I almost take more of a little bit of a back seat. Um, obviously, still there are times that you will have to uh, lay down the law. Yep. But uh, I think, I think by saying, "Well, you know what? When Dad gets here, we're going to revisit this, mm-hmm. and we'll we'll all talk together." Mm-hmm. Yeah. A young boy needs he needs that role. He right. needs that that the the father's place in that moment, especially if he's the one that has the stronger will. Right. Uh, he needs he needs to see the final authority in the house <laughs> make a final decision. I agree. Because he's 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 pushing the boundaries even for mom, and she feels it. Yes, it's true. <laughs> he's looking for where the boundary is. Yes. And if dad comes in and can apply that. His will will settle down. Yeah, it's interesting. Anyway, yeah. that was kind of a side point, but <laughs> important in understanding God's design and right. God's timing. So, all right. Um, I think it's also important for especially stronger willed to make sure we let them make choices. So if a child has a stronger will, has ability to handle more responsibilities, has ability to handle larger tasks, then part of our role as a parent is to help them in that process. So um, they, the, the D-type personality, maybe, we'll start there, uh, who is your direct, your doer, your dominant, your wants to, I want to go and make decisions and direction, give direction to others even. You help them by giving them choices and not as much directives. That way they feel like they have some control. Yeah, it's helping them in the process. So you might need them to clean their room 
and the bathroom, for example, um, you could say, go clean your room. I'm your mom. I said so. You could do that. But if it's the stronger-willed child, I already know what's going to happen next. They're going to push back uh, against you. Uh, And then you could say, now go clean the bathroom. And if you just handle it in that way, I get it. You could probably say, I'm the mom. I'm the dad. I can do what I want. I can say what I want. They ought to respond. It's true. It's true. Or you could understand their personality and their gifting, their calling, and you could say, hey, I'm trying to get the house clean today. We've got some guests coming over a little bit later. I need you to help me. Would you be Would you be responsible to clean? Uh, you can decide which one you ever want to do first, but I need you to clean the bathroom and the your bedroom. Could you make sure that all gets done today? If you handle it like that, it puts them in a different place all of a sudden. They feel like, Okay, All I've right. just been tasked yeah. with something here. <laughs> I have a great responsibility. Yes. You just leaned into their gifting rather than challenge their authority. Right. Right. I agree. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, so that's important. Let them have choices. And then uh, let's narrow this down a little bit to some really more, maybe where it gets more sticky. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's this, that uh, there are going to be times you're going to act out. And there are going to be times when the stronger will will have stronger will. Um, and it's important at that point as a parent to try to find out, I wonder what's happening in this moment. What's going on here? Why are they acting out all of a sudden when just a few moments ago they were not? And this is where as the parent, you have to ask the questions because they're the child and they don't know. There's a lot going on inside them that they don't fully understand yet. They can't even understand or articulate, um, Mom, the reason I'm really acting out in this moment right now is because I really just need more time with you to understand that you really love me and care for me above all the other things that are going on in my <laughs> life right now or your life right now. Yeah. They no, don't know no how to say to that. No way to articulate that. No, but that sometimes that is, they're acting out. That's what they're saying. That is true. And that is what I noticed with our fourth one is she, when I would see her acting out a lot more I feel like she was getting lost in the whole shuffle of all the kids and Mm -hmm. she needed just some time with me. And I realized that when I would take her, I I remember taking her out of school and say like, let's go get some ice cream. Let's just go talk. And uh, I even, we took her out on, on a trip just three days away and um, it did so much for her to know she was being heard and understood and that we made it a point to uh, quality time is what yeah. she really needed. Right, it's and true. And you could see a change in her behavior. Yeah, because early, uh, I guess when she was um, one and two, we, we moved from one city to another. So we're in a new house. Then all of a sudden, a new baby is born. And the older ones are getting up and going to school. And there's a lot of transition happening right mm-hmm. there. And it was, it was busy time. We start remodeling the house at the time. It's just, there's just a whole lot right. going on. Right. And it was during those times yeah. that some of the greater struggles were happening. Absolutely. So it took some understanding and some just to stop and let's think, okay, what is happening right. here? But a little bit of that went a long way yeah. to say, okay, maybe they just need some time. They need some more encouragement. You know, are they, is it something as simple as they need some food right now? Yeah, <laughs> do they need. That's true. Do, are they hungry, or, or are they 
is there some fear going on? Is there some anxiety happening? Is there instability? Yeah, is there is the instability in our home and life right now causing this? Do is there an emotional need? Is there some anxiety? I know for me as a child, uh, I wasn't necessarily the strong-willed child, but I had some strong emotional Mm -hmm. things happening, and uh, the times that I was going through the most inner turmoil was the time I was experiencing some of the greater behavioral issues. So um, it's important, especially when you're dealing with a stronger-willed child, to recognize, okay, is there something going on behind the scenes? Before I, before I address the issue, let me understand the issue, because then I can know uh, how to handle it. Right. Now, I want to tie that one with this next one. They go hand-in-hand, hand, and, and Heather will help tile this together for us here. But it's important to note also, in dealing with the stronger-willed child, that defiant behavior, I'm talking about just open defiance, it must be stopped. That what we're doing is trying to train our children to know ultimately how to respond to God. And so open defiance is not, that does not need to be in the toolbox. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That needs to be removed. And it's our role as parents to do that. Uh, Proverbs 29, 17 says, correct your son and he will give you rest. Yes, he will give delight to your soul. And then uh, Proverbs 22, 15 says, foolishness is bound up in the heart of the child. A rod of correction or discipline will drive it far from them. So it's our role as parents to discipline and to stop the the worst behavior, <laughs> bad behavior in general, um, but especially open defiant behavior. So, because they can't get anywhere in life with that in school and at work, it, yeah. that just uh, yeah. Right? Except in our well, in our culture today, it seems to be working I mean, you're <laughs> for a lot of people. Right? <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're seeing is the fruit of that in our culture. That people who, you know, they pitch a fit and have a tantrum and they yell and they talk back and they argue. And, yeah, but <laughs> uh, again, we're talking about from Christian parenting perspective. Now, our our goal here is to train up a child to walk with God, and you can't walk with God and be one who uh, regularly practices tantrums and and arguing and yelling and pitching a fit and demanding my own way that doesn't work right. in the moment so I, as a, as a christian parent we should be alert to to say you know what i'm not going to allow my child to regularly have ongoing tantrums outbursts yeah outbursts of of wrath and and yelling and talking back and arguing that's just not going to be part of what we're going to do here. No. I mean, I think it's good to have some understanding. Now, if we're going to like to, to the toddlers and they just become enraged uh, by someone taking their toy, yeah. I think by getting on their level and saying, I get it. I understand. That made you very mad. Helping them understand what the emotion is, yeah. um, but saying... You can't get your way by acting that way. Right. Um, we can go and ask, can I have my toy back? Yep. Um, 
give, helping them understand there is a way that you can uh, get your toy back, but by just throwing a fit is not going to get your way. Yeah, and so that I think that's that's great because it shows here's some compassion. I'm coming down right. to your level. I'm going to pick them up. I'm going to hug them. Uh, and then I'm going to and gonna understand. Say, I, I see what what made you so mad. Yeah. Yep. And, and then but then being able to say, but that's not how we do this. Right. This is not going to work. So um, I, I'm just I'm opposed to the philosophy today that just says let children have their tantrums, yell, talk back, all that kind of stuff. Um, yes. Understand. Yes. Mm-hmm. Pick your battles. Yes. Uh, that's important, too. Very um, you don't want to just you don't want to just carry around you know the discipline stick or whatever yeah. option you have right and discipline every every moment always calling them out making them stop there has to be a place of compassion yeah. Under- and un- understanding I mean we as adults I mean we get frustrated we get mad we get yep. upset yep um so they they have those same emotions they just don't understand them all yeah exactly. And, and again, our goal here is to parent toward a, a, a greater end. Right. We're not just um, stopping behavior in a moment, uh, throwing down rules and laws. Right. We're trying to win their heart in the process and shape them. And, and sometimes that takes, well, it always takes it time. It always takes time. It always takes and time. And consistency. It does. And, and ultimately, it will bring peace. It will. Uh, you know, Hebrews 12 says, no chastening seems to be joyful for the present, but painful. Nevertheless, afterward, that's the important word, afterward, <laughs> it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. And this is how God parents us. Mm-hmm. So we have to parent toward that and we just, we be consistent. You just be faithful. You just keep, you just keep on. You keep encouraging. You keep speaking truth. You yep. keep correcting. And it will, in time, yield the peaceable fruit, peaceable fruit of righteousness. An so, uncontrolled child is not a happy child. No, it's not. And, and and it doesn't make for a happy parent either. That's right. So uh, not to be the guy that keeps quoting Bible verses, but uh, this it's important here as well. What we're trying to do is explain all this, understand all this from a biblical perspective, but uh, Proverbs 29, 15 says, the rod and rebuke or correction mm-hmm. give wisdom, but a child left to himself bring shame to his mother. Right. You're right. No one enjoys that guy, that girl, uh, and 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 no mom, no dad is happy in the day and says, I'm so proud of you. Yeah. Not. I, I know it seems like, well, if I just give the child everything he wants and he won't be, he won't throw a fit, he won't get mad. And But boy, you mm-hmm. are creating a monster. Yeah, that's true. And, and no one will enjoy that child. Right. Yeah. And he won't, he won't, Either. He won't he, enjoy he himself. He won't be happy. No. He can't be happy. That's correct. Um, which leads to number 10, uh, and that's this. And this is tough as well for parents. Is stand firm in the consequences that your child has to face. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's necessary sometimes to draw the line, hold firm, and then let the, let the consequences fall. No, we're not going to go to the store. No, you can't have that thing. No, you can't watch this show. No, you can't... Um, go play the video game, whatever it is. Um, This is how a child learns boundaries. And this is especially true for the stronger-willed child because they already pushed the boundary when you gave them instruction. Mm -hmm. 
They're going to push it again when they didn't do the thing you ask and then you gave the consequences. They're going to push it again. They're looking to see what can break you (laughs) and where the boundary is. And if you crack, if you yield, if you get squishy on this deal, they'll, they'll go back to that again. They'll know, oh, I can... I can do this three times. I can yell. I can cry. Mm-hmm. I can do this. And then I'll get my way. That They're smart. You know? They are. They, they, they know how they'll to work it. Work the system. That's right. <laughs> but when you're firm and resolved, it, it might cause some initial pain, but it will yield some longer term peace. And uh, there's this right. uh, interesting verse that's in a, a, a not as often read book of the Bible, Habakkuk. Chapter 2, verse 20, it says, The Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth keep silent before him. What in the world does have to do with this? <laughs> Here's what I think it has to do with this. is when a mom or dad is resolved and set and fixed like the Lord in his holy temple. They're compassionate, they're loving, but they are firm. Then there's a peace in the home, ultimately. That's true. That the child knows, all right, I know where the boundaries are. That's true. Yep. And I... So I settle down. I'll stop. But they'll push it until they know yeah. <laughs> that you're that you're there. That you're this is your spot. This is your boundary. This is you um, in control of the situation. Right. So all right, let's start wrapping this up. Um, number eleven, uh, do the thing that's super necessary. Reassure your child often of how much you love them and how much God loves them. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Heather said earlier with Taylor, she was um, she didn't want Taylor to grow up thinking that only thing mom does is tell me no right. and that I've done wrong. Right. Uh, so what Heather did was balance that with a lot of love and a lot of expressions to help Taylor know she was loved. And if it meant a day out of school, right. if it meant uh, a special a weekend, weekend trip, trip. Yep. if it meant... You know, picking up something at the store, uh, which, by the way, we did that for all of our kids, not just Taylor. (laughs) Um, But, you know, again, you're sensitive to what's going on at certain times in a child's life. And you do that. You you stay sensitive to what their where their spirit is. And if it means, okay, I need to stop and change the change what we're doing here for this moment so they can know. I need them to know how much they're loved. I need them to know how much God loves them. Because getting disciplined a whole lot can make you feel pretty cruddy. It absolutely. Um, and it can, you know, it puts puts you as the parent and the child in this awkward place where it just feels like, man, they're always getting on to me. That's the moment there needs to be lots of reassurance, yes. lots of love, lots of expressions that are tangible that they mm-hmm. see and they remember. And so um if you asked Taylor, she'd probably say, yeah, I remember that day mom took me out. I remember that day we went on that trip or those days we went on that trip. She'll remember that and not the days that she was told no all day long. <laughs> and then finally um, is to pray for your child. Ultimately, the will of anyone being changed is not something that another person does. It's something that God does. That's absolutely right. We're just, we're tools in the process. And so, the thing that Heather and I did and still do and now do for our grandchildren is pray for them. Um, God is the one who changes their heart, and that's what we ultimately want to see, a child uh, yield their heart to follow Jesus with their life so that their will is surrendered to him, even the strongest will. 
is surrendered to him. And then they're useful in his hands. No child is useful in the Lord's hands when they have a stronger will than his. That's true. So that's our goal, to lead our child, children, to have and know the strongest will, that of God's. And his will is good and gracious. So let's yield to him in our life. sensitive to him. Yeah. Cool. All right. Thank you. Thank you, babe. That's good. This is not Heather's favorite thing in the world to do, (laughs) but she has so much insight and wisdom. Uh, I wanted you to hear from her and and how we've walked this out in our life. And I'm grateful for her. Thank you. So uh, like, subscribe, share, pass it along. If it's been helpful to you, let someone else um, benefit from it. And we will keep lifting them up and living them out.